This is our first session on Colossians 1, 24-26. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. That's a risky statement, isn't it? We'll come back to that. For the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship or the household plan from God that was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery, hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. And perhaps that now right there corresponds to that now. Now I rejoice in this new and wonderful time of my calling to be a part of this revelation to you of the mystery to whom God chose to make known what is the wealth of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's a stupendous passage. We'll be on it for some time. Father, open our hearts to receive how great this is. Paul was simply blown away by the privilege he had even to suffer for the sake of the Colossians in the ministry of this mystery, which was Christ in the Gentiles, the hope of glory, a mystery that had been kept secret for a long time as you worked with the Jewish people, but now have made known to the entire world, the nations, that all people through faith can have Christ in them, the hope of glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to just stop right there and not even go to for your sake, because that's a separate group of suffering texts, but simply stop here. Now I rejoice in my sufferings. That is such a staggeringly counter-cultural statement. We mustn't let the biblical sound of it dull how sharp it is, because we live in a time where hardly anyone thinks in those terms, right? If sufferings come, we get angry or depressed or discouraged or look for someone to blame. We hardly ever say, here's an opportunity to rejoice. So we need to just pause here and let this otherworldly view sink in. Because this is, this is true for Christians, not just for Paul. So in this first session, let's just stay right here. I rejoice in my sufferings, and then next time we'll look at for your sake. So why can Christians join Paul and Christ in sufferings with joy? How can that be? And I think we'll look at maybe six, five or six passages and look at the reasons that Paul gives for joy in suffering. And, and we should, as we look at these, pray. Oh God, make us the kind of people who can process suffering in the path of obedience. And I don't think this has to be simply persecution for things you've said or done for the sake of Christ. This can be all sufferings that come into your life if you are walking in the path of obedience, because then they are appointed sufferings for your service of Christ, because you're walking in obedience to Christ, and they're an occasion to magnify Christ. So here we go. Number one, 
Romans 5.3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character or approvedness, and character produces hope, and hope doesn't put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us, so the Holy Spirit enables us to receive hope through suffering. So suffering to endurance to character to hope. First reason, it really works hope if you receive it in this mindset. Second, 1 Peter 4. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. It's not strange. Suffering is not strange in the life of a Christian. If we feel it's strange, we're not in tune with the New Testament. But rejoice insofar as you, so there it is, rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So our rejoicing now equips us, fits us, to rejoice when his glory is finally revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. There's a blessing in it because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. What an amazing promise. If you are insulted for the name of Christ and you trust Jesus in that, the Holy Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you in an unusual, precious way of intimacy with Christ. Third, James 1, count it all joy, my brothers, joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So the third reason we can rejoice in it is that we want to be steadfast. We want our faith to be firm and unshakable, and God brings the exercise of the muscles of our faith about because we receive trials. Fourth, 2 Corinthians 4, so we do not lose heart, or we rejoice. Though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary affliction is working for us an eternal weight of glory. There's the argument beyond all comparison. So even if in the last hours of your life, when it looks like there can be no salutary effect in this world for suffering, because you're not going to get up from this bed, you're going to die, even that final suffering that often feels so pointless, if it is received in faith, this is what it works. There is a weight of glory that is being prepared for us who suffer patiently in the name of Jesus, trusting in him. And this will make up for anything that has seemed unwarranted or unjust in this world. And finally, no, maybe two more. Matthew 5, blessed are you when others reviled you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, rejoice in that day. Be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. There's the argument. This suffering, this persecution, this reviling, this 
evil against us, if it is rejoiced in, then there is a great reward. If we get bitter and angry and turn against Christ, there won't be any reward for that. We'll get our reward right here in revenge, and then there'll be none. But if we trust him, rejoice in him, look to him, then great is our reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then finally, Acts 5, then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor, shame, shame, rejoicing that they were shamed for the name. It is an honor. It is an honor to be dishonored with Jesus. So here's the summary. Suffering works hope. The Spirit of glory and of God rests upon us. Suffering works steadfastness. Suffering produces an eternal weight of glory. Suffering will bring great reward. And it is an honor to be shamed for the name. So no wonder Paul could say, Now I rejoice in my sufferings, even before he got to this amazing argument, for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. We'll look at this next time. But oh, may the Lord give us the spiritual mindset that is in Christ, in Scripture, to enable us to meet our sufferings with rejoicing in him.